Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing equality and innovation back to black, indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way, but they are actually leading the way. And today we are talking with Danny, Dr. Danny Gordon. She is a double board certified integrative medicine physician and leading expert in integrative and cannabinoid medicine and resilience. She has treated thousands of patients with medical cannabis and is the vice chair of the UK Medical Medical Cannabis Clinician Society and is the author of the CBD Bible. She is the founder and medical director of Resilience Clinic and her UK medical practice and well-being platform with a focus on mental health, chronic fatigue, and chronic complex disease. She is regularly interviewed on TV, on the media, and has been featured in the Sunday Times, The Guardian, BBC, Vogue, and Marie Claire. I am very excited to dive into all things women's health and also CBD and THC and kind of jumping into the more therapeutic use of psychedelics and altered states. We're going we're gonna to go everywhere in this episode, so... Welcome to the show today, Dr. Danny. I'm so happy to have you on. It's Thanksgiving in the U.S., so I'm so grateful to have you here. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren. I'm grateful to be here. It's so nice to celebrate virtually with you today. (laughs) I know. know. It was kind of a fluke in my calendar, but I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it, because I love doing, I love meeting new people, and this is an awesome topic that I want to dive into, and I know you're in the U.K., so it worked out perfectly for both of us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So... I always start off the same way, asking, you know, how did you get into this work? Obviously, you went through medical school, but what was kind of the the thread line in your life that kind of led you to kind of being more into this integrative or alternative kind of, and also into the the CBD and kind of THC world to integrate into women's health and beyond? Like, what what led you to be doing this work and writing the CBD Bible? Oh, well, well, it all started a very long time ago, Lauren. No, but, you know, of course, like you said, I went to medical school in the conventional way. Um, And when I went into medical school, I was actually quite young um, and I was very idealistic and I still am in a lot of ways, but I went into medicine because I really wanted to empower people about their health and their well-being. 
And what I learned in medical school was actually quite a downstream disease management system, primarily focused on surgery and drugs. And in a way, of course, those things are very important in acute medicine when there's emergencies, acute, you know, acute medical problems. But I, I actually felt let down because I had gone through my own healing journey. Previously, I, I had um, like a kidney issue growing up and I was on antibiotics all the time. Um, and that really affected my immune system. And then I had all these problems with chronic sinusitis. And um, I managed to kind of heal a lot of my own issues, not using drugs, but using more natural approaches. So I thought I was going to learn at least something about that in medical school, but in fact, I didn't. Um, and why I was still so passionate was, you know, in medical school, when you're a junior doctor, you're seeing patients for the first time. I was seeing all these patients who were really suffering with many symptoms, chronic symptoms that were not well treated with the drug therapies that we had, or they had lots of side effects, or the drug therapy wasn't enough on its own. And I just felt that there wasn't um, a style of medicine that I saw that was um, helping these patients. And that's what I really wanted to do in my, in my career. So I decided I would um, take another fellowship in integrative medicine, which I went on to do in botanical medicine. And um, I, I did that in, in the US and I went back to my practice in Canada and started using all these things. Um, and then a few years later, I had patients who were coming to me, you know, you know, I was combining drug therapy with teaching them mindfulness and um, using botanicals whenever I could instead of sleeping pills and this sort of thing. And it's all going quite well, but I, I had a lot of patients using cannabis and they would tell me about their use of cannabis. And um, I had some patients who would wean themselves off of opioid painkillers, um, who had PTSD and it really helped them recover from PTSD, who had really bad women's health problems like endometriosis, painful periods. And they all said, you know, Dr. Danny, why are you using cannabis? You're an integrated medicine doctor. But I still had, you know, all these preconceived notions that cannabis was bad. It was going to make everyone go psychotic. Um, so actually... It wasn't until 2015 that I officially started prescribing cannabis alongside all my integrated medicine therapies. Although, you know, before then I was still talking to my patients about cannabis. And once I, I did that, I added that to my practice because I became a chronic pain patient myself. I had a really bad accident. I got hit by a motorcycle when I was jogging overseas and I had um, lots of problems with my hand. I blew apart a bunch of ligaments. I had some partially successful surgeries, but I had a lot of nerve pain. And I was told um, by two Harvard-trained surgeons on two different continents that I would need to take really strong painkillers for the rest of my life. Um, and that didn't really sit too well with me. So of course I again, went on my own integrated medicine journey and used a lot of my mind-body practices, but I still needed something else for the pain. And I ended up using topical cannabis um, for my hand, for my nerve pain, and it was so effective. So that was the final push I needed, basically. And um, I, my patients were finally probably saying, oh gosh, it's about time. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I started, you know, very, with a lot of trepidation prescribing cannabis because I was scared that someone was going to knock on my door and take away my medical license. I was scared of what my colleagues would think. But what I, what I found is that, you know, nothing bad happened. Um, no complaints were made. And instead I had all these patients who weren't getting better with a lot of other things and they were getting their life back because cannabis didn't cure them permanently. But it was such a quality of life medication. It was so effective for a lot of their symptoms, including women's health symptoms, that um, I just became an advocate for the use of this plant in a medical uh, context. Amazing, amazing. And it's like 
everything is leading the way, like nothing is in the way, like the tagline of the podcast. And what I didn't know when I started researching, you know, cannabis, whether it's CBD or THC, we actually have a system, like there's receptors in our body for this. Yes. I'm so sorry. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. This is why we don't do it live. (laughs) Oh my. I don't even know where it's coming from. Where is it coming from? Ah. Computer? It's coming from my husband's computer. Oh. I'm going to blame him for that one. <laughs> All right. Hopefully that should not happen again. Sorry about that. That's so fine. That's so fine. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's so, a- um, yes. So where were we? We were talking about the, the THC and the, the CBD, the endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoid system. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is a really good point. So the endocannabinoid system is not something we learned about in medical school. It was a blank hole in our medical school curriculum. Even though when I graduated and became a doctor in 2009, we'd already known about the endocannabinoid system for 20 years. So that's really interesting. Um, So now I go around and I teach the endocannabinoid system to university students and medical students, that sort of thing. So it's catching up. But that explains why cannabis, as you said, works so well for so many different symptoms. And that also explains why it's not a snake oil, as a lot of doctors think, um, because these receptors, they're everywhere in our brain and our body. Um, So we can use the the, the plant cannabinoids like THC, CBD um, in our brain. There's cannabinoid receptors in our womb which is why it might help, you know, period pain, endometriosis symptoms, that sort of thing. Um, and, and it explains so much why I can have a patient with complex chronic pain, sleeping problems, digestive problems, and mood problems. And all of those symptoms can get better when you choose the right strains and the right type of cannabis medicines for that patient. Um, so it really is a whole group of medicines. It's not just a single medicine. Yeah, it's so powerful. I I remember learning that a few years ago and I was like, it blew my mind. It totally, totally blew my mind. And I know the show is called Witchy Wellness. So 99% of the listeners are women out there. Um, And as women, we, you know, have to learn that we have to deal, quote unquote, with these women's health issues, like painful period, perimenopause, endometriosis, like, it's just, it's something we have to deal with as a curse as a woman. And I don't believe that. And I do, like, I help with the emotional kind of side with that yeah. with women. But the actual symptoms, this can help with. And you, you said there's yeah. receptors all over the body. So let's let's kind of dive more into women's health work. Like, what you've seen, kind of speaking yeah. of what it can help with, possibly, um, yeah. 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 So, you know, one thing is always, you know, important to say um, is that we we need more research in women's health when it comes to cannabis. And we all can acknowledge that in the, in this, in this field um, because, and that's another problem with, with the lagging behind in research for women's health is then we don't have the evidence that a lot of doctors want to see to use these things like cannabis-based medicines. So although we don't have big studies yet for women's health conditions, we do have really good observational data, meaning people who use cannabis for these women's health conditions, and they we know that they find it very effective. And the side effect profile is quite good. People don't normally have terrible side effects from medicinal use of cannabis. So um, where I find it can be really helpful in women who are younger, 
that have problems with period pain, um, PMDD, which is a form of a really severe form of PMS, that's actually a mood disorder, it can be very debilitating, where people get lots of mood swings the, the week before their period and can feel very anxious and have panic attacks. Um, so there's that cluster. And then there's endometriosis, which is where the lining of the womb grows outside of the womb. And it can cause lots of different symptoms, pain symptoms primarily, um, but also things like IBS type symptoms that are missed for years. I have a lot of patients who, um, when they got to see me, they were either not diagnosed yet and I, I helped diagnose them or um, they were just diagnosed after having endometriosis symptoms for like 15 years. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, a lot of these problems even take a long time to diagnose because um, we're just not we're just not as good with women's health. And I don't think women are listened to as much as men with our symptoms, um, especially when it comes to period problems. It's just kind of like, oh, just, you know, take the birth control pill and go away sort of thing. Um, so when I treat someone who has one of these these problems, um, medical cannabis can play a big role because it can help with their pain relief. Um, it can help with sleep and anxiety relief as well. Um, so you're targeting a few different symptoms at once. And a lot of times I'm using it. Another reason I'm using it is because people have tried other medicines and they've either not been able to tolerate them because they've had lots of side effects. And again, another side effect that's overlooked in women is sexual side effects from medications, um, which no one asks them about. Sometimes I'm the first person to even ask. Um, and you know that's why they don't want to keep taking some of the other medications that they're on. Um, and so when we transition them on to something like medical cannabis, and not just medical cannabis, but you know I, I use integrative medicine strategies like you said, I, we deal with the emotional and the psychological components. I do functional medicine testing. We look at the gut. We rebalance the, the microbiome. Um, we look at the hormone profile. Like all of these things together can be really um, beneficial, and then just help you know help women feel like they can get their lives back. Um, you know, because that's what it's about. It's about not having to put your life on hold if you have terrible periods for a month, for a week out of each month. Yeah, and from my understanding, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is a lot of the research isn't done on women, whether in whatever industry, because of our periods, because from, from a medical research perspective, that's a variable you can't, you can't yeah. really test through, you know, a big, large sample group, because we all are so different. And that's kind of that's the right. big thing that's kind of holding them back from diving deeper into research. Yeah, that's exactly true. They choose even male mice because, you know, the cyclical hormone changes we have. And even our endocannabinoid system changes throughout the month, too. That's why people might need to dose their medical cannabis differently at different times in their cycle, which is really interesting. And even exercise differently um, at different times in their cycle, take different supplement doses. Like, it's really cyclical. Um and the other reason why medical cannabis is not tested on women is because women of childbearing age, of course, you know, with medical cannabis, I can't, I still can't give someone medical cannabis if they're trying to conceive actively or they're already pregnant or they're breastfeeding. Um, there's actually not any research saying it's definitely really bad, but there's some caution areas where we say, okay, well, it might affect the baby's birth weight, or maybe there's a few studies saying it might affect some really subtle neurocognitive kind of thinking changes in children who were exposed in the womb. Um, so we still have a lot to learn in that respect. And that's why the research is so hard. Um, but on the other side, medical cannabis, I'm giving people um, all of the research 
the observational research into um, the risks in pregnancy of cannabis, for example, are done in women who smoked high amounts of high THC cannabis recreationally. That's really different than what I'm doing with something that someone medicinally. So we can't say that it's no risk, but I I tend to suspect that the risk would be much lower than those um, studies that focus on the recreational high THC smoked cannabis. Um, but for now, of course, we have to be cautious um, until we know more. Yeah, it's always good to err on the side of caution for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to talk, I've never talked about this on the show, and I would love to learn more about you know, this is more, you know, we're talking more, um, you know, medical cannabis, kind of very yeah. low dose, but this new frontier in medicine and wellness, which is therapeutic psychedelics and altered states of consciousness, not only for women's health, but, you know, for me, l- working with that for personal growth, spiritual growth, more empowerment, and looking at it as a very, for me personally, it's a spiritual, but it, it's just a holistic approach to my own growth and well-being. Um, so I wanted to dive into there, maybe talking a little bit, dispelling the myths and misperceptions of this as well, um, because I think it, it's an opportunity for a lot of people if it feels like the good fit for you. Yeah, I think it's it's another area that it's one of my interests in medicine is, you know, altered states. Um and, you know, I've personally experienced altered states in a variety of different ways, including without, um, you know, psychedelic substances, um, like through holotropic breath work, for example. Um, so there, it doesn't have to be only through a substance, but, you know, often we're hearing more and more about those states as well. And I think a lot of women connect to those states because I think a lot of us feel quite cut off from community and from our feminine spirit, which is making me sound very woo for a medical doctor. Um but, you know, I, I think it's true. I think we live in a world that's very fast paced. Um, it's we, we're not really connected a lot of times to maybe our intuition or we feel like we have to give up critical thinking and only go in intuition when, when, you know, in reality, we can actually use both and really integrate the two in modern life. And I think for a lot of people, um, alter states help them to do that. I know for me, it's certainly been a tool for, as you say, for personal growth. Um and I think for women who, for my patients who have suffered with chronic health conditions, um, in the UK, the only uh, it, therapeutic psychedelic we have to work with is ketamine. So we can use IV ketamine. And it's very controlled. So we can only do that in people who qualify with a certain diagnosis, for example, treatment resistant depression or treatment resistant chronic pain. But a lot of people go where it's legal and do it on their own. So there's legal places to go and you can you can experience these things in more of a traditional ceremony, um, which, you know, has various ways of doing it. There's psilocybin retreats in the Netherlands that a lot of my patients have gone on. Um, of course, there's ayahuasca, which is a lot of people go to Central and South America to do that. And what I'm what they're finding, what they share with me is that it it helps them. It doesn't necessarily cure them. Although I have had some people come back who've had chronic fatigue syndrome and weird stuff for ages and their symptoms just kind of have gone away, but that's not the norm. The norm is more that they still have the symptoms, but they can cope with them completely differently. And instead of ruling their life anymore, they feel in control and they feel like it's part of their journey and it's no longer holding them back. Um, and it just completely shifts their perspective. Um, so I think, I think they're really powerful substances. I mean, and then of course there's the other side of that, which. Have you taken the anxious personality quiz yet? Real talk, not all anxiety is created equal, nor 
can you manifest the same way with it? Yes, that's true. You can manifest with your anxiety. I created this quiz so you can figure out how your anxiety manifests in your life, your emotions, your thoughts, and your actions. And when we have more insight into what our triggers and how to catch them faster, we're able to make lasting change and amplify what we want to manifest in our life. You can find out your anxious personality type at anxiousquiz.com. Learn to embrace and manifest with your anxiety today. I have a lot of friends and colleagues who, you know, we, we volunteer for these, these studies um, in, you know, psychedelics. I haven't done so recently because I've been pregnant and had a baby and breastfeeding. Um, but, you know, I've also had colleagues um, go through some really high dose states and have some really dark trips. And these are people who are used to dealing with these substances, helping other people deal with these substances and process them and integrate. And um, I think that's also an important thing to talk about because, you know, some some of them have been, the, the trips have been really dark. And uh, in order for it to be a learning experience and to not traumatize someone, it has to be so well held, that container. And then the integration work afterwards, you know, rather than just going on a retreat and then you go home and, pack your bags and then you're, you're home and then you're just left to deal with all the, the remnants by yourself. Um, it's that integration work that turns it from a trauma into a learning experience. Um, and I think this, this there's most of the people I know who work in this industry in the integration work, a lot of them are women. I think this is a very feminine thing, isn't it? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm holotropic breathing. I've definitely, that was kind of my first experience as well into these altered states. And you know, let it be said, and you do not need a substance to definitely enter just by breathing your breath. And yeah, it's amazing, I, isn't it? I, that was my, it, also my first experience with it too. Wow. It opened yeah. the doors for me. I've been med- meditating for a while before then and had, you know, some experiences here and there, but yeah. the breath work was just, it, you know, dove straight in and whether if it's through breath work or a substance, like yeah. you said, sometimes you have these quote unquote dark trips, but it's really showing you what is inside of you. And we get, obviously we get very woo here, but it's, it's nothing that's not already there that I found yeah. out. And when we can get into these alternate states or really just different brains, different brain wave states, Definitely. when we can relax, our nervous system can release we can integrate and, you know, even getting into like a gamma state where we get these quote unquote downloads of higher vibrational yeah. energy, you allow your body to do what it knows how to do. And what I found out, it's like, maybe those experiences don't heal me, but I gain it wisdom or the perspective, like you said, a, a, a new outlook on yeah. how not only to accept those symptoms, but become grateful for everything. And you kind of see everything has led you to this point and it's this journey that you're continually on like the 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 tagline for the show is your body and emotions are not in the way they're leading the way and this is yeah. part of it you know the Definitely. deeper you dive there's going to be stuff always 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 that come up yeah. but these yeah. states of being allow you to get out of like you said that rushing very masculine energy because in myself i find myself so much and so many of the women that are our, you know, millennial age group and yeah, beyond that yeah. are just, you know, our parents' generation, you know, my mom, huge feminist, did a lot of work, had to really push to get yeah. into things and career 
and just any you know even high school sports her high school didn't have any female sports and yeah and so we grew up thinking you know well we have to fight we have have to to fight yeah the male yeah Yeah. I I absolutely agree with you I think you know in medicine it's something I've experienced a lot is having to well knowing how to do things in a feminine way in in, 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 it's still in an industry really dominated by men. I mean, it's changing. Uh, you know, there's, of course, there's so many women doctors, but there's still those times when I feel that, oh, wow, I'm really forcing myself into doing something in a more masculine way. And I have to really check myself and say, okay, I can choose to do this differently. Um, because it, it's still, like you said, what our parents were taught, you know, I, I was trained by women surgeons who were very, very, um, you know, the the energy is very male because they had to fight for everything. And, you know, it's not a very happy way to live is what I found when you're constantly in conflict with maybe how you, you naturally want to be or behave. <laughs> so it's, uh, it is so interesting, isn't it? Just finding that, um, that balance. Yeah. And I find that for me personally, with my own women's health journey, whether it, you know, chronic cramps or PMS pain, the more that I really was present with myself and embodied that feminine side, the symptoms just kind of naturally went away. And for me, it's definitely an indicator that that cycle, if it is more dramatic, if you will, that I need to take a look to see, was I really overly masculine or was I not what was I not paying attention to that last cycle, whether emotionally, physically, spiritually, it's an opportunity for me to, to review. So I can, what do I want to let go of? What do I want to create next cycle? Which as a woman, I'm I'm so grateful that we're connected to that cycle. Everything in nature in this reality is cycle. We have the moon, the yeah. tides, the seasons, you know, it's, it's not the same thing every single day. And what I think yeah. we're talking, both talking about is the masculine is just all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like we, to be able to, to be in the, this reality, we have to go out and do things, right? We Absolutely. have to be in that masculine, but it's a balance of both. And it's, it's a balance of the, the beer and the doer, as I yes, call it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a very good doer. So I've had to work really hard on the being part. Um, And you're right. It's just, you know, I I got really into neurofeedback, which um, we don't do at the clinic currently because it's just really finicky and it has to be done in person. I do a lot of virtual stuff now since COVID, but it's an incredible tool for development, for getting into those deep brainwave states Um, and those twilight states, because, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of forgotten a lot of our twilight states most and that's why i think people are so drawn to psychedelics personally i think if you look back before the industrial revolution most societies had a way of getting into these altered states and these twilight states of consciousness whether that was through like you know shamanistic work and breath work whether most well i shouldn't say this but a lot of um cultures of course had a substance that they would use and now we don't have that and not only do we not have that but we just we work all day and then we expect our bodies like a lot of my patients can't sleep and then we just expect our bodies to just crash into sleep or um you know we just we, we're not gentle <clears throat> excuse me with our circadian rhythms our cycles our natural 24-hour cycles of light and dark and all the genes and all the clock genes that's supposed to get turned on at the right time of day and night 
Um, and it's tapping back into, I think, some of those slower twilight states that can be really healing for people. Yeah. And, and I just thought of another way that has helped me a lot. Um, open focus as well is really, it helps change your brainwave state very easily. You don't have to be in meditation or breathe for an amount of time. It's just really focusing on the space in between things, like the space in between your ears, the space between you and a wall. It allows, it just instantly kind of calms you down and out of this like beta brainwave and just yeah. relax into the present moment. And I think for me, getting into a lot of this work and a lot of the doer type women that are, you know, kind of exploring the woo and the alternative side because they're like, there has to be something else. That's how, that's yeah. why I got they're into all out. this. Yeah, they're, they're totally, burned out. That's why everyone's burned out. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're, we're not familiar with what it feels like to be present and in our bodies because sometimes we yeah. don't want to deal with what physical or emotional things are there. Yeah. But to it's literally retraining our bodies to be okay with being in the present. And I found, you know, CBD has helped immensely as a toolkit for me in that yeah. area as well. You know, not just alternate states, but just different toolkits like that and biofeedback and um, just Absolutely. finding what works for you. And I don't know if you have any other suggestions of like how to create this this mental but emotional well-being, this balance in, in your yeah. life. I, I think finding a practice, I find combining cannabinoids, even if it's just CBD without any THC, um, with a meditation practice is really beneficial. So I actually set all my patients um, some kind of small practice to do after they've taken their medication. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as a breathing practice. We're just breathing through the nose and out through the mouth, making a seed sound like ha, like kind of a gentle ocean sound. Or whether it's a simple mindfulness practice where they just start by focusing on the breath. Or if I have someone who's very anxious, sometimes focusing on the breath isn't such a good idea for them in the beginning, makes them too anxious. So then we'll focus on, um, like you said, a space between things or um, a, a, an area on the body, like the space um, under the nose, for example, like they do in Vipassana. So I kind of mix things up. Um, if I have a patient who suffers from chronic fatigue syndrome or is just very burned out, then I will usually give them a recorded yoga nidra practice to do, which is a very calming um, meditative practice that you don't have to do any effort. It's very effortless, which is great. And then I just say, take your cannabis medicine and then lie down and listen to this. And it's so beneficial to combine these things, I find. No, oh, for sure. I know. I just... I haven't done yoga knee during a while and I'm like, oh, that sounds so nice. It's just a beautiful, it's, I think the translation is like sleep kind of is right. Nidra is kind of translated. Yeah. Yoga, yoga sleep. <laughs> yoga sleep. It was, yeah. Yeah. I've, it was, I, I had, I spent about six months in India many, oh. many years ago now and we did a lot of study of yoga nidra and my husband's a clinical hypnotherapist so he does these lovely recordings for my patients so I'm very spoiled with yoga nidra <laughs> yes oh my god that is so beautiful so beautiful um so for I mean these practices are great to, to kind of integrate into our daily lives but throughout the rest of the day what do you have any some tips of like how to deal with the, the rushing or like the the mom guilt or you know 
just balancing so many things being the doer yeah. woman um because I, I know you balance a lot you know having your own clinic you're an author you're a mom you know just yeah. how how can we have our cake and eat it too is I guess my question <laughs> oh that's a great question I mean I, I don't have the perfect balance either it's always I'm always trying to just you know, achieve balance. And sometimes it's just not possible to be in balance and that's okay too. And I think that's a, that's a really, it's a really good message. I think for a lot of people is I'm not perfectly balanced all the time. It's just not possible. And I've let that go because trying to be perfectly balanced all the time, that is another, um, another stress, another kind of, um, uh, obligation we put on ourselves and it can lead to a lot more guilt. So I think the first thing is wherever you are right now, it's fine. Uh, you're doing a great job and just know that you're, you're exactly where you need to be. And then from that point, of course, everyone wants to feel a bit better. So I find a nice practice is um, just doing a one minute, I call them resilience resets. So I just say, you know, a one minute check-in um, when you start the day, then mid morning, lunchtime, mid afternoon, and then in the evening. And I get people to put like outset alarms on their smartphones or smart watches if they wear one. And when that timer goes off, um, then it's just a reminder. Like I actually like the vibration more than the timer. So it's not like, you know, every time it goes off and then you're feeling more stressed, but whatever works to remind yourself to take stock for a minute. And then I just have someone do a shortened version of whatever practice we've decided on for them. So the simple one, the simple breathing one, easy, um, minute of mindfulness, um, the Benson technique where you just repeat a word that means something to you on the exhale. So I use the word peace when I do mine. Um, you can use the word one if you want something more neutral. I find that's a really nice one because I find stress can build up over the day and it can build up in the body. I can, I can feel it. If I don't do this, I start feeling it in my diaphragm. I have, I know my stress signature. I start feeling it in my shoulders and my neck, then in my diaphragm. And if I don't pay attention, then I start kind of feeling a bit tired and I know my signature. So I think if you tune in and you find your stress signature, that's the first step. And you can do that by just tuning in a few minutes once a day for a week and writing down what you notice. That's literally, it's just noticing. Then week two, you're like, okay, I know my signature now. So now I'm gonna take this one minute reset a few times a day, see what happens. And I do find it makes a difference. Yeah, I find that so important. Like I, I tell my clients I work with, is like, what emotions do you feel? Write it down at the end of the day, the day, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, for a week. But yeah, how does that feel? in your about how how do you feel that stress in your body throughout the day for me i have i have different affirmations or mostly just emotions to check in with me throughout the day like um loved supported so i can take that second and just that. really sit down and feel it what does that feel yeah. well, no matter what i'm doing i have a dance alarm because for me and my body, love that. I, I, love I get in, that. i get in my head and if i can just move i love yoga like I, you know, yoga really got me into all this as well. And just to be in your body, get out of your head and into yeah. your body, just instantly will shift your, your brainwave state will shift your emotional state. Mood, it just brings everything. you right there. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And and I'm right with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of dance. Dance is my passion and my hobby. And I've gone back to it, you know, after I've had my son now and it's just, it just fills my heart with joy. Um, but, and I think that that's always the, the challenge for me is I love to do things. 
So the other challenge for me is sometimes just saying no. The other way to just, you know, feel less stressed is just saying no to things, even when it's really hard. And this is something I'm still really working on. <laughs> yeah. I think that is a lifelong process. A lifelong yes. thing, yeah. isn't it? Saying no, but also saying yes to you, right? It's Yeah, that's right. The, and the letting go of what you should be doing. Yeah. And what, what you, what you, what you need. And yeah. that, that is such an important, simple, that sometimes doesn't feel a simple lesson. And I think integrating yeah. practices like, you know, phone alarms or those techniques that you talked about. And yeah. it's just really helpful to set ourselves up for success. You know, like if we yeah. like putting time limits, um, I know I have an iPhone, you can put a time limit on your phone for certain apps if you know yeah. you're going to go down the Instagram or Facebook or TikTok scrolling binge, like we know that that's a cute puppy video might be good for that little hit for, you know, dopamine for a little bit, but like little oxygen, but it's not going to, it's not yeah. going to long-term be beneficial. So for me, it's really learn like, right. Learning to say no, set up structures yeah. for me to, I know, I know my go-to stress responses, like yeah. I'm just going to want to avoid and I'm going to want to binge. And so just setting yourself up for success from a loving point of view, non-judgment, even if you do Absolutely. end up on there, but setting yourself up success, because for me, I, I understand like the only constant in this life is change. Yeah, totally. And being okay with that. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? And it's just yeah. tools, tools for dealing with change. I mean, yeah. you know, when, before I had my son, I mean, I'm really big on sleep. So I do a whole program for my patients to reset sleep and circadian rhythms. And then you become a mom and I have a toddler who doesn't always sleep through the night. And, you know, every time they go through a leap, they're up in the night. I mean, it's been constant lately. Um, so, and, you know, we, we do all the right things. We do the sleep training and all the rest of it, but you know, you just can't, you can't control these things. So, you know, it's a whole nother level. So yeah. What do you do when you just can't get eight hours of uninterrupted sleep? Um, and that's a whole, I think for me, that's been a huge journey because I'm so, um, good with my sleep hygiene. Cause I need a lot, I need more sleep than average, um, and I just haven't been able to get it all the time since having my son and I work and just being okay with that. And just having, like, I take little naps. Um, I will finish, you know, clinic earlier, have a longer lunch and take a nap. So I do things to make up for it, but it's really taught me that you can't rely on perfection. Sometimes the psychological strategies involve just saying, oh, well, or, you know, reframing this, this catastrophic thinking of, oh, I'm going to have a terrible day now because I didn't sleep well, because this was me before. Oh, my God. Um, I even have a book um, that my son, i.e. my husband got me for my birthday from my little from River, my son. And it says, it's about mommy, you know, mommy this, mommy that. And then it says, mommy is really great at something, but she's a little bit scared of lack of sleep. <laughs> That is so cute. It's so true. It's it's letting ourselves off the freaking hook because we have these beliefs, these thoughts that everything's going to be ruined. I'm the same way with yeah. the sleep thing. Yeah. And yeah. today I allowed myself to sleep in. I didn't go to the gym before this. And I was like, guess what? I can go to the gym after this interview. Yeah. And even if I don't want to go to the gym after, that's okay it's too. Okay. It's yeah. okay. And just 
letting go of the self-judgment, I think, for a lot of us yeah. is easier said than done. But man, I'm a lot happier when I love myself. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's yeah. a lot happier. This is what I discovered. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Dr. Danny, for coming on. Was there anything else on your heart or on your mind you wanted to wrap up before we start to close the show up today? Don't think so. I think okay. we, gosh, we covered a lot of ground. I know, we did. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming on here and doing the work that you my do pleasure. and your own personal journey as well. Cause I know that's what led you to be able to help so many people with their own um and we close the show out the same way every single week how may we the listeners as a huge act of gratitude be of service for you and return today oh well um i guess just thank you for listening and um if you're interested in finding me you can find me at um my my website my blog which is resilience.clinic and even if you're in the U.S. or abroad anywhere, um, there's lots there for you, lots of free tools and resilience assessment and hopefully some some tools to help you. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much again. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We're recording this on Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And um, yeah, it was such a pleasure. And remember, open up, surrender trust and let